0: I'm Allison, host of Fine Cut, a podcast where a guest brings a scene they have strong feelings about. Love, hate, curiosity from any form of media. And then we discuss the heck out of it for 20 minutes. It's a blast. Join us. Hi, everyone. I'm Allison. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Fine Cut. Today, I have the wonderful and lovely Megan Hutchings joining me. She's an actress and an animal rescue volunteer, an advocate. And we just recently worked on a short film to hold the night together and and I'm just excited to have this opportunity to talk with you. So
1: what scene did you pick today and why? (laughs) Well, with the help of you, um, because I sent you two because I couldn't decide. I chose a scene from a film called Candy from 2006 uh, with Heath Ledger and Abby Cornish. And uh, the scene I chose was, is, uh, it's Abby and, and Heath and Abby has her parents over for a lunch, but the two have been struggling with their heroin addiction. So their parents arrive and sort of uh, just witness just how deep they are in their addiction. You know, they're they're trying their hardest to cover it, sort of. Yeah,
0: and as anyone who knows who's known addicts, no matter how hard you try to cover it, if you are aware of addiction, I mean, I think you can hide it from people who don't think addiction oh. really exists. Yes. You yes, know yeah. You just tell people, oh, whatever, like they do in the scene. Yeah. Like oh, I forgot to start the chicken. It'll just be a few hours. Oh, it's been a hard day. Oh, and mm-hmm. if people don't want to see what's going on, that will accept it, or they just don't get it. But
1: exactly. if you are
0: hip to addiction, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, all the signs are there, and you yeah. and you like see it very quickly when you're when you've witnessed it in your family or with your friends.
0: Yeah, and yeah. they do a good job with hair and makeup because they both look like their addicts and not in like the over-wrought way
1: sometimes it happens. Yeah. You
0: know, where they look extremely strung out. They just kind of look glazed
1: and that's not what here. I appreciated about this film is that they were two characters who, they were two people who had an addiction, but the mm-hmm. film didn't put, they weren't just addicts and, mm-hmm. and that's what I think about it. They didn't assume that the audience was stupid. And so they were people who had a problem, not a problem, mm-hmm. which I appreciated.
0: Well, and I think conversations about addiction have really changed. I Everything that's happened with the opioid crisis is obviously incredibly tragic, but I feel like something we have gained is this idea of addiction as a disease. I feel like it has sort of gone into society more where it used yes. to be people who were really on the front lines knew addiction was a disease and everyone else was kind of like, oh, well, it's character and you don't have any um, if you're an addict. Um, so I do appreciate that there's more grace around addiction. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me. I haven't seen the movie, full disclosure, um, because it is, it is still difficult for me to watch films about addiction. I, I find it incredibly uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, because uh, the first the first time I saw it, I mean, it was it was so I was seventeen when I watched it, and so my wow. father was very much um, in the thick of his addiction, mm-hmm. and so was my mother. But I remember watching it and thinking like, because I hadn't I hadn't seen addiction portrayed on on screen before, so I felt really moved by it, mm-hmm. um, triggered by it, but then also I thought. Their performances were really beautiful in the way that they brought a lot of humanity and humility to the performance, that they weren't just portrayed as junkies, but people mm-hmm. who who wanted a baby, who wanted love, who wanted to build a life, who wanted a home, and uh, they were just in the grips of the addiction. So.
0: Yeah.
1: So drawn to the film
0: even in the scene, this scene, and then you you also shared the final scene of the film, so we were torn between the two, I was moved by those scenes, and also was like, oh, I don't think I can watch this movie, (laughs) Yeah, like just just watching those two scenes, because in the scene, they're great, Heath Ledger and Abby Cornish, I mean, they're both, he was a great actor, and so, and she is, Um, and She says, her her mother, and that part ripped my heart out too. The mom says to Heath Ledger, you know, you don't know what you've done Mm -hmm. to us, what you've brought into our home and what you've done to her and what, and Abby Cornish has her fists balled up and she's like, I I can never, can't you see, can't you see? You probably remember exactly where what she says, but she throws it back in her mother's face, basically. Mm -hmm. The words aren't that important but the mother accuses Heath of ripping her daughter to shreds and the daughter says it's your fault you did this to me and and it was interesting having not watched the whole film I mean I I knew they were addicts I could tell but it was like oh is there some truth in that like that that part of the reason she is attracted to him and gives heroin a try is because she is trying to take a break from life the life that she's had up to this point.
1: I think that, so the film doesn't dive really into much of her relationship with her parents, Mm -hmm. um, which I also love about Australian and British and just uh, foreign film and TV is that they don't assume the audience is stupid. So Mm -hmm. they don't do flashbacks to her, you know, being in this perfect home, doing a Mm -hmm. piano recital or something like like a North American film would probably do. you know what I mean like they don't assume that everyone's stupid so you get um you get pieces of you know that she probably grew up with money and perfectionism and and everything was how it was supposed to be and then she met him and he was an artist and bohemian and I think he was the escape and then the drugs were the escape Mm
0: -hmm. yeah I, I think that conversation about often with drugs and alcohol there is like an element especially at the beginning or continuing onward of of self-medication like that there is a draw to it because of wanting to shut off what's going on inside and I got that just from that one scene like what she did to her mom was cruel obviously throwing it back in her face like that but I also felt like there there was a reason that she was choosing that to use as a weapon.
1: I think that's also accurate of addicts. Like no matter how good they are, they're sick. And um I know in my experience that it's often like everyone else is the problem. It's not me. If you yeah. hadn't that way, then I wouldn't have picked up again. If that's if true. It's different. So I think by her doing that, mm-hmm. there's probably some truth, but also mm-hmm. uh, the blame is often put on others when addicts are using.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I thought she did a great job of, of both.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like it didn't just
0: feel like she was projecting and throwing it off. Like it felt like there was some, even if it's just her believing that that's why she did it.
1: Yeah.
0: Even like, that that's her story mm-hmm. right I really got the sense of their story that they tell themselves
1: yeah I think her performance in that moment I mean that could have been not a very good performance and that could have right. been ugh here's a for little for sure I'm out but I think she put so much nuance and like and realness into it that when she says I can't I can't unclench my fist like I remember watching, and my heart just being like, "Oh, we all like we all know what that feels like." Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting you bring
0: that up, Megan, because I do think there's a certain way we watch things when we create things. Certain people, not everyone, but certainly I do, where I notice specific things that I don't think the average viewer does, mm-hmm. and I think, "Oh, that's so hard," yeah. and I appreciate it more, yeah, because of how hard it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is true. This could have been a campy scene very easily.
1: Yeah. And it would it would have been really hard not to make it like what you're saying. She would have had to go to some pretty deep places that wouldn't have been fun to do. And and the whole film, <laughs> I like, she's such a beautiful woman and such a beautiful actress. Oh, man, she,
0: that last like, scene. They're um, lighting her like an angel for real. I know.
1: But and she love her to- too. She has <laughs> so, like a halo, essentially. Yeah. And he says that. Oh, he looks so beautiful. Yeah. And but she really she allows- does
0: because they say that in <laughs> movies sometimes you know and it's like sure 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 but she's really yeah. like lit up like an angel yeah.
1: yeah and and but she allows herself to also be so ugly like mm-hmm. i mean inside she, yeah. she, <laughs> she really gives herself and so i remember being 17 being like "Whoa, that's a really good actress yeah 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 i
0: remember having those moments younger and then as i was in school and making things my relationship to media changed. And then Mm -hmm. when I was really in it, like in my MFA, constantly making things and analyzing things, it was hard to just get swept up in things, like and really just experience a film because I was just analyzing it all the time. And I'm grateful that now I I can again, like I can turn it on and off.
1: Yeah, you can.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am still a bit that person who's like, this is gonna happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm always, I can like tune out, but I'm always watching the performances because I'm like, whoa, that's okay, so to say this. are like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and and luckily,
0: I have a husband and children who find it entertain Like they, they're not like, oh God, shut up. You know, I mean, my, <laughs> yeah. husband, my husband also is in the business and makes television. So he is similar. Um, and my kids seem to enjoy analyzing.
1: Okay. Or
0: like, like they aren't like, oh yeah i'm trying to like enjoy this you know so they're into it yeah they seem to enjoy like seeing that this thing is crafted right yeah. like i think sometimes you have a relationship to media that you you kind of just like think it happened like they just got on set and said some words and like this mat and it and i and i that awareness that it's crafted i think for some people ruins it right because they want it to be magic yeah um but for me as a person who makes it it's it's validating like this is cra- how did this happen how do we make this thing we want to happen happen that's um, the magic that the magic is making it look effortless
1: yeah
0: right making yeah. people who watch it think oh of course this is what they'd made what else would they have made you know it's like oh 100 <laughs> different things
1: yeah <laughs> Or like I remember, someone came to visit me on set one time, and I, I the eye line wasn't matching, so I had to talk with an X on the wall. And I remember my friends being like, "What? Mm. What? How? Like they just like their minds are like, when you walk through that door, you didn't shoot the scene when you walked through the door. You did that like a right. month later. You're like, what?
0: Yeah, yeah, and and it's funny thing. An eyeline is a funny thing. So an eyeline. For those of us who don't know what an eyeline is it's when oh geez how do you explain you know like that so when you're in a close-up yeah it looks like you're looking the same way you were looking in the wide shot so oftentimes mm-hmm. because of the way the camera is placed you can't look the way you were in the wide shot because it yeah. won't look the same on camera
1: is that a good explanation yeah yeah okay. or talking to the person across the table from you and then yeah, the table switches and you can't look at each other.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) And those are the kind of things that I, that affect you as a viewer that you aren't even aware of. Like if an eyeline doesn't match up, your brain will tell you something's wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: But you won't know what it is necessarily. You know, it's like when you cross the line, it's the same thing. Your brain's (laughs) like, wait, where am I? Mm -hmm. And, um, so all those little things that, I've always really loved what I love about film is actually the marriage of these technical and creative things that happen and I
1: think some people resent the technical but I think it's kind of like exciting. It sticks that I have so much respect for the people that like can be like directors and DOPs who can be like oh no if we're set up here then we cross the line how how do you know? I remember (laughs) I used to be kind of annoyed like who cares what fucking hand I picked up my cup with but now I'm like oh of course, it matters. Like right.
0: it matters. And as a side note, you were very good with continuity, Megan. Were... <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I butter the toast? Off?
1: <laughs> so
0: yeah, we were. Um, many of us who were involved in the shoot for to hold the night were people who have done lots of different things. So we're all sort of. It was not you know a
1: hundred person crew. It was a much smaller crew. So
0: and a we were really all effective, awesome. Crew
1: it made, I remember a lot of us saying like, why do we have a hundred people? This is so much better. <laughs> uh, I
0: I enjoy it. Like that's what I've mostly, it's really what I've done, me and Jen. Um, yeah. And I think there is something fun about seeing it all mm-hmm. and trying to sift through it, make sure it's working, but like, you know, on a, 100 person crew everyone does have a job and it's a much bigger show and you're moving more quickly and you're having more locations and all the things and everyone's a here. grumpier doesn't want to eat it's a job job yeah <laughs> yeah um <laughs> uh, we had a lot of fun audience on this film um a lot it was fun. magic beautiful it's so cute I would like to think that this film that we're talking about was magic. I like to think that every film is magic, but do you ever feel like I'm really getting off topic with the scene? So if you want to say more about the scene, please do. But do you ever get the sense when you're watching something that they had a terrible time? Because I do. I'll be like, "Oof, that was not like I feel
1: it." I don't know. I I think only I'm sure it's just like a biased um because you know I've heard like oh that person's shit to work with (laughs) so I'm like oh I bet that so like (laughs) but I I don't know if I could just get it from the screen oh yeah that's a good uh, that's a good point yeah yeah
0: I but it's fun like something I enjoy doing is reading like you know what it was like on a shoot 20 years ago or something that really was meaningful to me and doing some kind of like backwards reconstruction where I'm like oh did I see that and the like the most famous one is in the Exorcist when Ellen have you seen the Exorcist yeah, yeah. oh yeah so when Ellen Bernstein Bernstein, burns Burston Ellen Burston sorry her name is hard for me when she <laughs> gets like thrown across the room by yeah. Linda Blair she was literally pulled across the room by a rope system. That freaking set up and her back was broken by the process because he oh, yeah. wanted to scare the shit out of her and so he manipulated it so that it was stronger pull than she was ready for because he I wanted know. her to look terrified and he broke her back and I, I have can no see idea. it yeah and you can see it on the if you watch the scene she is in terrible pain and she but the reality is is that First of all that's obviously abuse and yeah so okay. what happened after that um i think i think there were like they broke for a couple days and came back i don't think it was like anything but he he had a real reputation of being that yeah. way very yeah. incredibly manipulative i mean i think there's this type of director which i hope is going the way of stone tablets um where the director who does better than the actors which is abusive and um and it's interesting because even in film school you would get people who are like oh actors you know like as if actors were just a nuisance that had to be dealt with (laughs) Like, why do you want to make movies (laughs) i don't understand like it makes my head hurt direct them without you
1: need them right why are you here
0: yeah, like I, I don't understand because for me, like that's the huge joy of it. It is like the collaboration and the and watching your words or your ideas get better. Yeah, through collaboration and like showing you things that maybe you had in your mind or maybe you didn't.
1: Yeah,
0: and and that's a gift. But some people approach that as a assault mm-hmm. on their ideas. Mm-hmm. Um. And it pisses me off and bewilders me. So yeah, so yeah, I think that story is in easy, writer, easy writer's Raging Bulls. I think it's in that book. And it is okay. a, a well-known story about him. And and she's one of my favorites. So I feel like, even though I stumbled over her name, um, <laughs> Alice doesn't live here anymore. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite Scorsese film probably the only one I really love because <laughs> um <laughs> she's so brilliant in it yeah. um so that was a that was a tangent that was a film history tangent do you have oh, it else? I was I was asking
1: questions I was interested <laughs> I was yeah and I know what it's like everyone know I think most people know what it's like to work with a director when you're like okay they're not here to collaborate so either you're gonna fight all day or just sit down say the fucking words and Right. And
0: then that's your face out there.
1: Yeah. And they think you,
0: and I guess maybe that's what I should say, Megan. Sometimes I watch a performance and I think it's not very good and I think they were directed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's, I shouldn't say they had a bad time, but I can feel that, I can feel the like chafing that's happening in that actor where they're being forced to do something they don't want to do or that they don't think is the right choice.
1: Yeah. And it's really hard, like as a as someone who's not a name you you don't feel like you have a lot of 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 permission to fight back and then i've heard stories of people who are on set with bigger people who fight back and and also are kind of not getting the scene and are given the time to get the scene Mm -hmm. they're brilliant um but that's not that's not the case for everyone
0: no it's definitely not and i i thought I don't know if you've read Sarah Polly's book. Um, Run- I haven't. Towards I, haven't. Danger. Um, I thought she wrote really beautifully about it as from the perspective of a child actor, which I think is an important conversation to have like that is child labor and they're being put in situations that might are not really good for them. Yeah. And she talks about, and Je- Jeanette McCurdy does too in her book. I'm glad my mom died. Um, child actors, but actors are encouraged to be good easy to get along with
1: yeah
0: or you're difficult right and so how do you remove remove that so that people feel comfortable sharing ideas and sharing their best work because that is how you get something like candy like you have to believe there was some collaboration happening that elevated this material.
1: Well, the end scene, actually, I read an article, I don't know how true it is, but I guess they had had a bunch of dialogue for that scene. Oh, interesting. And then uh, Heath and Abby were like, we don't need the dialogue. We need to sit in silence. like the real people aren't going to sit and say, well, if we leave together, we're going to start using it again. You're just not going to say it. It's too painful. And so they, apparently they fought for that scene. And then they had said, we'll do it your way and we'll do it my way and we'll see. And like, they chose their way. Yeah that was really beautiful. Yeah. And I I thought that
0: yeah people don't often have difficult conversations. Yeah. And that's something as a writer I'm <laughs> very aware of. Like how do you tackle these things that you're writing about but people aren't really talking about? Yeah. So that was that was beautifully yeah. handled and they um you could feel like the pull of them toward each other and the strength that it took to let each other go.
1: Yeah, I think they did it beautifully and they'd have moments of of like, I'm gonna speak, okay, no, I'm not gonna speak.
0: So. Yeah, okay, any other thoughts on this scene or this film or just, you know, life or acting? <laughs> <laughs> Because we're really just taught, which is sort of how this works, you know. It's like the scene is a catalyst for a conversation. Can you hear my dogs barking downstairs? I can, and I literally was like, "Is that my dog?" No, you
1: know, because
0: they like- realized <laughs> no, because I'm hearing it through here, not
1: not actually <laughs> not out, hearing it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but you barely hear them. It's just like uh okay. you know, background. Okay. I think it's, there's the, the sound CD. designer laid it in for to create a fuller sound. Okay, good. of your neighborhood. Okay. <laughs> Well, this was a pleasure, as I knew it would be. Um, Thank you. Where can people find you, Megan, if they would like Uh, to find
1: you? On Instagram?
0: Yes. Yeah. Especially if you're in Canada, in the Toronto area, and you're looking to adopt a dog. Yeah. Follow Megan if you're looking to adopt a dog, because she is, uh, you are like on the front lines, it feels like, with adoption.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I don't run the rescues or anything. No, um, no.
0: You're, you're just like a cheerleader or like a, I mean, I just feel like you're passionately advocating, I guess I should say. Yeah, yeah. And we,
1: I actually, um, one of my polls, my rescue pulls is now with Peanut Mudder Rescue here in Toronto. I just went to walk him. His name is Kobe and he's a beautiful American bulldog. And like <laughs> literally the sweetest, his muscles and his back, but like just a little ham and full of love. And so see just, what I'm
0: talking about. See <laughs> what I'm talking about. She's a passionate <laughs> advocate. Her stories are always animals that need homes. So if you're in the Toronto area, if you are like wanting a pet to yeah. love.
1: Yeah. Well, thank but, you for enjoying In welcome. LA, I'll just tell you when I was in LA, yes. Love Leo Rescue was amazing. I don't know if you are familiar with them. Love. Who uh, love. Love Leo. Okay. Her name is Sasha. She runs an amazing rescue and I'll she on ha- the show notes. Yeah, she's unbelievable. And she helped me with my little Chihuahua who I found in the streets, who I ended up keeping. But she was on it, so helpful, sent me to the resources, helped me with what vet to find in LA. So I highly recommend her there.
0: LA is the capital of Chihuahuas. Yeah. <laughs> they it ship is. them other places because there are so many Chihuahuas. There um, is. Um I think that's our city dog whether other people agree with me that's how i feel um well thank you for joining me megan i appreciate this conversation it's fun to see you and talk and and thank you to everyone who listened we know you have lots of other choices probably a million other choices so thank you for spending some time with us we will see you next time or hear you hear you next time okay Mm -hmm. thank you